Welcome to the Anchored Podcast with Pastor Reginald Wayne Sharp Jr. I am so excited that you've tuned in, and it is my prayer that these messages will always help you to remain anchored, regardless of what storm or what season you're navigating. I pray that God would speak to your heart today and that you will never, ever, ever be the same again. Stay connected to Fellowship Chicago. This is Pastor Reginald Wayne Sharp Jr. I pray you stay anchored. Peace, peace. Nehemiah chapter 8. Thank you, praise team. We did not practice that. But I tell you, he's excellent. Grab your Bible, stand with me. Come back with me to Nehemiah chapter 8. There's more for me to tell you from last week. Spirit told me to stop after point two last week said that's enough that's enough so I have a little more to tell you out of this pericope this passage today Nehemiah chapter 8 it's so good to see Miss Pam Morris we love you we thank God for you I appreciate who you are for the city and it's a blessing to be in your presence always thank God for Miss Betty Magnus she's not looking to be thanked but she just has a commitment to her people and we thank you, Miss Betty, for loving your people and looking out for our community. Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 10 reads like this out of the New Revised Standard Version. Some of you remember this verse because you've been practicing this all week long. <laughs> then Nehemiah and Ezra said to them, go your way, eat the fat, and drink sweet wine. One of our members walked up to me after church and said, Pastor, I got some in the car. Do you want some? I won't tell you my answer. Then he said to them, go your way, eat the fat, and drink sweet wine, and send portions of them to those for whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy to our Lord, and do not be grieved, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Thank you. You may be seated. For the joy of the Lord is your strength. I want to preach part two from the sermon last week. Ain't nothing funny. Ain't nothing funny. Tell the person beside you, ain't nothing funny. We are living in some perilous times. And sometimes when you look at the news, when you look at social media, the response is, Ain't nothing funny. How do you find joy when you look around your life and there seems to be nothing to find joy in? I'm in a sermon series on joy. The first message God gave me, judges, is entitled, Ain't Nothing Funny. How oxymoronic that you would be in a sermon series about joy preaching a sermon called Ain't Nothing Funny. Can you make it make sense? I could do my best. In our text today, these are the people who have just come out of Babylonian captivity. Whenever you read the book of Nehemiah, you have to read Ezra and Nehemiah together. Why? Because in Ezra, it's the story of them rebuilding the temple. But in Nehemiah, it is the story of them rebuilding the walls. The walls of Jerusalem solidified the security and the safety of Jerusalem. If the walls are ruined, there is no national defense system in place. If the walls are ruined, 
then any foreign enemy can take advantage of the vulnerability of this nation because they have no system in place to keep them safe. At the time of this text, they've already finished rebuilding the wall. It took them 52 days to do it, and Nehemiah and Ezra have opened up the Pentateuch, the first five books. That word penta uh, prefix means five. The Pentateuch is the first five books of the Bible, and that's what they started reading. And you know, like I know, there's some laws and commandments and expectations, and the people I just told you have been in Babylonian captivity for almost 70 plus years, and they've been a away from the scriptures they've been away from the word and when Ezra go back to verse 8 is in your Bible as you tore it out if you go back to verse 8 verse 9 excuse me verse uh, 6 and verse 7 you will discover they've been reading the Pentateuch to the people and the people start crying because when they hear the word of God they realize that their lives are so far from what God has willed for them and every now and then lean up I'm about to help you when you hear preaching you ought not shout every time you hear a sermon sometimes when you hear the word it ought to cause you to weep and reflect and feel convicted there's some Sundays people walk up to me after I finish preaching they say pastor you are all on my toes today and I say good because that means that the Holy Ghost is trying to grab your attention here they are weeping listening to the scriptures and in verse 10 of chapter 8 this is what Nehemiah and Ezra is trying to tell them y'all I know you're moved to tears I know you're weeping but this is a holy day this is the first day if you go back to verse 2 of chapter 8 it's in there I promise you this is the first day of the seventh month with I told you last week symbolizes for the Jews it's a brand new year it's a new year it's their new year's day and the people are weeping and Nehemiah and Ezra says I know you have reasons to be sorrowful I know you have reasons to feel condemnation and shame and guilt he said but not today it's a time for everything under the sun and the time right now signifies that this is not your season to weep but this is your season to embrace some joy and last week we preached about that didn't we we talked about the power in having a celebration some of us would feel better if you just learn how to have a good time if you learn how to go somewhere and relax de-stress unplug detach from the rigor of your daily life and just relax some of y'all appreciated that point I hadn't heard the church that loud since we got back all judges I was telling them what the text says go eat you something good and go get you something to drink because the text says go get some sweet wine and I had to I had to tell you last week and I tell you again don't run out of here talking about the preacher gave me the excuse to go drink whatever I want to drink this sermon is not just about drinking but this sermon is about the joy that we find in embracing a celebration it ain't nothing like turning up having a good time with family and friends that's how we secure our joy and I told you last week if you gotta be drunk to have fun you don't need another drink you need a therapist if you gotta be high to have 
fun. You don't need another uh, edible or another blunt. You need a therapist because there's something you're trying to mask. Anybody know how to have fun when you're sober? Anybody know how to enjoy life without any assistance from any other chemical? I talked about joy of celebration last week. I talked about the joy in being a blessing to others last week. Because if you keep tiptoeing through verse 10, it says don't just turn up by yourself. But there's some people that are missing meals. There's some people that don't have what you have. So send portions of what you have to somebody else. So last week, the first point was discover the joy in having a celebration. Point two was discover the joy in being a blessing to others can I give you point three here it is discover the joy that comes from a relationship with God discover the joy that comes from a relationship with God I'm gonna do my best not to get loud but if you keep reading verse 10 and you get to the end of verse 10 it's gonna say something that you've heard before but I want you to embody this I want this to become infused into your consciousness the joy of the Lord is your strength. Don't be grieved today. It's a new year. It's a new season. The joy of the Lord is your strength. And what I like about this is this really reveals some poetry in the text. And whenever you see poetry in the Bible, especially the Psalms, what's happening is it can be interpreted in different ways depending on who's reading it. So I started looking at this trying to understand what does it literally mean for the joy of the Lord to be our strength lean up it's about to get good it's not your joy it's the Lord's joy when the Lord is pleased and happy, it creates strength for you. You're still not getting it. That word strength does not mean muscle. That word strength in the original Hebrew means stronghold. It means it's a safety defense. It is a wall around your life. You're like a fortified city. This word strength is where we see the word strength in Psalm 27 verse 1 and 2 where it says, the Lord is my light and my salvation whom shall I fear the Lord is the what strength of my life that word in Psalm 27 is the same word we see here in Nehemiah 8 verse 10 and here's what it means the Lord literally is a stronghold he wraps himself around you and you are like a fortified city it's like you living in a gated community and what's gating you in is the Lord's joy it's so deep I don't know how to tell you how to explain it other than it's possible that it's not even your joy that's keeping you it's God's joy that has sealed you in from a text and this text would make sense in context because it was the Lord's anger and wrath they believe that put them in Babylonian captivity but the only reason we got out of Babylonian captivity is clearly God ain't mad no more whatever God was trying to prove to us God has already proved that to us and now in this text the context of this text the people say we must be living in God's joy 
God being happy with us has created safety for us so we don't just have a wall around Jerusalem we got a wall around our own life lean up I'm trying to help you are you making God happy with the way you live are you bringing God joy with the life you're living we know we want God to give us joy but when's the last time you told God Lord be pleased with my life take joy in my actions don't just look at my beliefs watch my behavior and I pray that you find joy when you does God get angry or can God find joy when he looks at us the joy of the Lord will keep you safe some of us this morning really ought to be thanking God right there because a lot of us have been kept safe because God looked at us and had joy in us even when there was nothing to take joy in and what you really ought to shout about is that we're in the Old Testament but through Jesus Christ and his blood and his sacrifice every time now through grace God looks at us in spite of us he does have joy because my sins have been covered in the blood of Jesus and when I put my life in the li I'm preaching better than y'all acting am I the only one glad to be in church Just which side do I need to preach to which one of y'all about to wake up and have a little church at 8 in the morning anybody glad your life is under the blood of Jesus and God can't even find my sins because Jesus covered it that's why you've been kept safe that's why every time you come to church the nerve of you to sit up in here and have to be begged to thank God for how God has been keeping you the only reason we've been safe we've been secured we've been in a gated community is because God has taken joy in our life oh Lord your prayer ought to change Lord be pleased with my life Lord, be pleased with what I'm about to say next. You know they're difficult. But Lord, I want you to hold my tongue long enough tomorrow so that when I finish talking, you will be pleased with how I respond to difficult situations. The joy of the Lord. Are y'all feeling me? The joy of the Lord is your strength. But, but here's another interpretation of the same verse. Watch this. That word joy is interpreted gladness. So another way we can look at this and still rejoice is this. The gladness we experience is because our connection with the Lord is our protection. Too fast. Your connection is your protection. I tell y'all every week, church for don't know in the shop. Your connection with the Lord is your protection. Do I have some witnesses who can admit I've seen God shield me, protect me, bless me, and the only reason I had access to the protection is because I submitted to the connection. That's why every day of my life, I'm, I'm praying and asking God, be with me, walk with me, show me how to live to honor you. I don't need to do this thing by myself. Life is too hard, too complicated, too layered, too serendipitous. It's too difficult to do it by, somebody needs a connection. 
And I want to preach to some folks right through here. Some of y'all are like the hokey pokey. You got one foot in and one foot out. And you just decide which day you want to be a Christian, which day you don't. But I want to talk to the people who got a Psalm 91 kind of life. He are sheep that dwells in the secret place. I ain't visiting. I live here. I, I live in God. I find my sustenance in God. I find my protection in God. Tell the person beside you, you better be careful how you talk about me. Tell them, you better be careful how you move with me. I'm one of God's sheep. And because I'm connected to him, I got a joy that this world didn't give. And this world can't take away because I got a connection. My grandmother right now is in the hospital in Atlanta. And, uh, and she's going through right now. Right now. Congestive heart failure. She had that before COVID. She, she had that. This is my grandmother who survived after four weeks on a ventilator. This is my grandmother who's 82. She's in the hospital now with some blockages that they cannot repair. And they had to go in to try to repair the blockages. And it wasn't until they went in, they discovered they cannot fix it. It's, it's the plaque built up. The, uh, you, you know all those big words. The plaque is built up too deep, too hard. They can't fix it. But my grandmama has this connection that I talked to her a few hours before her surgery. And she said, can you pray with me? And I prayed for her. But what really blessed me wasn't the prayer time. It's what she said after the prayer. Going into surgery to check on a weakened heart. She said, I'm just going to trust the Lord. I'm about to be through again. She said, I'm just going to trust the Lord. See, when you have a connection with God, you have a vocabulary of victory because even in the midst of despair, what you say is a reflection of what you feel. And even when the odds are stacked against you, there is an indomitable joy that won't let you fall into despair. It won't let you give up. But you keep looking back to the hills from which come your help saying, I'm just going to trust the Lord broke as I am I'm just going to trust the Lord sick as I am I'm just going to trust the Lord all these trifling co-workers around me I'm just going to trust the Lord sexism and racism in the workplace I'm just going to trust the Lord threatening to give you a pink slip I wish somebody helped me so 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 y'all forgive me but when I show up I got so much joy because I know my connection is my protection Well, here it is, because I can't preach this next week. I got to move on to something else. So let me give you one more, one more, one more, one more, one more. This little idea, and we're going to get out of church before 930. Judges, judge me. Uh, uh, here's what's going to happen. Keep reading, and something some so dope is about to happen. It literally blew my mind. And, and I don't even want to read this in the New Revised Standard Version. I want to read this in the Message Bible so you can really access what's happening. 
So, so here it is. We're going to verse 10. Verse 10 in the Message Bible. Uh, we're going to verse 10. Going to verse 10. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Y'all got that part. Now, he continued, go home, prepare feasts, holiday food, and drink, and share with those who don't have anything. This day is holy to the Lord. Don't feel bad. The joy of the Lord, you got that, is your strength. Next verse, 11. The Levites calmed the people. Quiet now. This is a holy day. Don't be upset. So the people went on to feast, eating and drinking, and including the poor in a great, I love that, including the poor in a great celebration. Now they got it. They understood the reading that had been given to them. Keep going. Verse 13. On the second day of the month. So I told you the day that they were crying was New Year's Day. Now here's January 2nd, if you will. The second day of the month, or the second day of Tishrei, which is the seventh month of the Jewish calendar, second of the month, the family heads of all the people, the priests and Levites, gathered around Ezra and the scholars to get a deeper understanding of the words of the Revelation. The Revelation is the Pentateuch that they have been reading. They found written in the Revelation that God, watch this, that God commanded Moses that the people of Israel are to live in booths or huts during the festival of the seventh month. So they published this decree and it had been posted in all their cities and all of Jerusalem. Go into the hills and collect olive branches, pine branches, myrtle branches, palm branches, and any other leafy branches to make booths or huts. Verse 16. Y'all reading this? Read this with me so I can make sure you're awake. One, two, three, read. So the people went out brought in branches and made themselves booths or huts on their roofs, courtyards, the courtyards of the temple of God, the Watergate Plaza and the Ephraim Gate Plaza, the entire congregation that had come back from exile made booths and lived in them. The people of Israel hadn't done this from the time of Joshua, son of Nun, until that very day. It was a terrific day, great joy now half of us in this room have no idea what we just read because the first time I read it I had no idea what I was reading but what we do know is that the Jews have festivals to recapitulate and commemorate moments in their history So, so here's my last point. Here's my last point. Write this down. Discover the joy found in remembering your journey. Discover the joy found in remembering your, even when it ain't funny, even when your present isn't funny, look back at your past. So, so here's what's happening. This festival is called the Festival of Booths. B-O-O-T-H-S or the festival of tabernacle or the festival of Sukkot C-U-K-K-O-T-H so it's called three things and it's all the same either you can call it the festival of the Sukkot you can call it the festival of booths or you can call it the festival of tabernacles and this is a moment in the seventh month during the fall season where they go grab all of these leafy branches and they build huts and they live in those huts for seven days. Why are they building huts? To remember how God kept them in the wilderness. 
So every year for seven days, they reenact what it was like to live in the woods. And God kept them in the woods. Church folk don't know when to shout. Do you know the joy of looking back over your life and remembering all God has already done for you? Oh, there's so many people around here that ought to be building a hut this afternoon for all the times God has made a way for you in the past. Somebody needs a provision hut to be built. Because you can remember when you were so broke you couldn't pay attention. And God somehow helped you meet every need that you had to meet. Somebody ought to build a healing hut. Because you were so sick even you didn't feel like you were going to survive. But God met you in the wilderness of that sickness and provided for you. Somebody needs to build a sanity hut. Because you almost lost your mind. You almost gave up. But God supplied you with just enough peace to hold on to the next day. Can y'all help me preach? And I promise we getting out of here before 930. Reach over and shake your neighbor's hand and you sanitize a later. Look them dead in the eye. Tell them neighbor, I know life gets heavy. Tell them I know sometimes it ain't funny. But can you look back? over your life and give God praise for what he's already done he's already healed he's already supplied your needs he already covered your family he already opened doors he already put you back on your feet he already brought you through COVID he already kept you in cancer somebody ought to rejoice over your memory that's why the church says when I think of the goodness some of y'all ain't thinking cause you're still sitting when I think of the goodness of Jesus and all he's done for me my soul cries out touch yourself and holler, I am a living testimony. Could have been dead, sleeping in my grave. But the Lord met me in the wilderness, put water in a rock, fed me with manna from heaven, took care of my enemies, made sure my bills were paid, made sure my babies were blessed, made sure all night and all day Angels Touch three people say build that hut Build that hut Build that hut And when anybody asks you How you making it right now Tell them I remember How he made a way Lord I remember How you kept me every day Lord I thank you Lord I thank you Woo! 
Can you tell one more person and I'm done? Tell them, and if you did it before, y'all ain't telling them, y'all ain't telling them, y'all ain't telling them. Look them dead in the eye and point at them. Say, if he did it before, he'll do it again. Same God right now. Same God back then. New battle. Same God. New issue. Same God. Excuse me, judges, but I feel something called the Holy Ghost. And when he comes in, I can't help but throw my hands up and rejoice. Because I know he kept me. I know. Y'all, excuse me, I'm just looking back. So many mountains. I got to stop. When you can't look ahead, look back. To God be the glory for the great things that God has done. Has anybody been kept in the wilderness? Oh, thank you, Holy Ghost. You can't think about it and not smile. You can't think about it and not rejoice. You can't think about it and not feel better. Just remember when you were so depressed, you couldn't even tell nobody. Remember you were so broke, you were struggling so much. Somebody had put $5 or $10 in your hand and you thought that a miracle had happened. You remember struggling through school, raising those children. You remember? What are we going to eat for dinner tonight? Lord, the nights just keep coming. What are we going to eat tonight? And now some of us have made it to a day you can eat whatever you like. You can have whatever you like. Hey. But you weren't always there. So, Lord, when we start losing our joy, help us to look back. Faithful is our God. If there's somebody here and you don't know Jesus Christ, he'll meet you in the wilderness. He'll walk with you through the woods. If you need a church home and you need to restore your joy so your LOL can come back, your laughing out loud can come back. Come on, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Give your life to him. He's ready to receive you today. If you're here, everyone standing who is able to stand, would you come? Would you come today? Man, woman, boy, or girl, I see you in the spirit. And you know you need some more joy in your life. My sister, come on. My brother, come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. I'm waiting on you. I'm waiting on you. If you're here today, come on. Come on. Come on. Tell that person beside you, hey, say, friend, don't you miss God because you're nervous. Tell them I'll walk with you. Come on, come on. Let's walk into this joy season together. Come on. Let's walk into this joy season together. Come on. Come on. You give me. You give me. Where? Where? Come on, come on. Yeah. Bless you. 
you give me joy. Welcome. Welcome, welcome. Down deep. Down deep. You give me. Bless you. Where? God bless you. God bless you. Welcome home. Welcome home. Come on, everybody. my sister I'm so glad that the Lord has moved and led you to connect whether it's for Christ whether it's for a church home whether it's for rededication I'm glad that you responded today our first touch ministry is going to lead you downstairs get some information to you and from you if you have belongings that are not in the safety of someone go grab them and follow our leaders right here for first touch ministry y'all give them a big hand give them a big hand Come on, y'all. This is a big deal. This is a big deal. Never been so free, caught in your love. Never been so secure, knowing your love for me. I may be making it up. Never been so free, caught in your love for me. Never been more secure, knowing your Listen, I pray that you have a week of joy. Y'all, excuse me. I've been, I've been singing songs and making them up. And they, they, they just trying to follow me. But we flow together. Y'all give this praise team and music ministry a hand. They were with me on Wednesday over at Pastor Meek's church. Thank you for your sacrifice. Band, thank you for your sacrifice. Media team, I thank God for you. What time is it? Tell me on an on a iPhone. What now? 9.22. It ain't 9.30. Look at God. I can stay out of criminal court now. Judges, we thank you for what you do for our city. 
We thank you for what you do for our communities. We need you and we have you all's backs. Let us know how we can be more supportive as a church, as a community, and may God bless you with peace as you work towards justice. Lift your hands to the Lord. Lift your hands to the Lord. Ooh, was anybody blessed today? Sometimes I feel like I'm preaching to myself, but I know God's joy is real. And this ain't, listen, even with your hands lifted, hear me. This is not toxic positivity. This isn't you just going and every day, I'm just, no, some days are hard. That's why the title of the sermon is, Ain't nothing that funny. Because some days it's hard. But in the middle of those hard moments, in the middle where you feel the most pressure, lean into the joy. Do something for somebody else. Make up a reason to have a celebration. Call your friends. Hey, you want to meet me for pizza? Yeah. Let's go eat some pizza and drink some Sprite. Come on, keep your hand living. I'm speaking over you. Your connection with God is your protection. And that last point, when you can't see straight forward, look back at how God has already blessed you in the wilderness. Somebody ought to go home and build a hut and tell your children you don't have no idea what that means. But there's a story behind my praise. May your struggles keep you near the cross. May your troubles show that you need God. May your battles end the way they should. And may your bad days prove that God is good. I pray your whole life continues to prove that God is good. Now go have a blessed week. Go have a joy-filled week. Hug somebody, dap somebody up beside you. And tell them I love you and there's nothing you can do about it. God bless you, virtual ship. Peace, peace. Hey family, I pray you've been blessed by this message that God gave me. I hope you stay connected to Fellowship Chicago through YouTube, 
Facebook or our website. Go to fellowshipchicago.com today and make sure that you stay updated on all of the great things that are happening on the ship. Until we meet again, may you be blessed by the power, the peace, and the provisions of God. Peace, peace.